It's a good word. It's a good word. We need to be, con- we need to be consistent, right? If we'll be consistent and do the things God's instructed us to do, the only thing, the only outcome of that is God must do what he said he's going to do. Amen. He must. Amen. He is not a man that he should lie. Brother Scott and I were talking earlier. He, he's, he's unchanging. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shadow of turning in the Lord. He's the same so that we can change. That's the one constant, we were talking about it, it's the one constant, that one point of truth that we can always be focused on so that we can adjust things, actually that he can adjust things and tweak things in us to, to allow us to become the people, the men and women that he's called us to be. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to thank uh, Pastor to, uh, for giving me this opportunity again to, to speak with you. and um, I'm trusting the Lord to to highlight everything that you guys need through me. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to stand in front of your people. I humble myself before you, Lord. This isn't about me. I give myself over to you. I am your vessel. You speak through my mouth and think through my mind. Bless the people with your word. Help us to come up higher. I bind any attack, any any reasoning, anything that would come against us, that we, we enter into this time with an open heart, that our minds will be renewed, and that our spirits will grow in us. And all of that, and our salvation that's in us will come out into our, our bodies and into our minds. We thank you for it, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you guys... Uh, do you guys believe the word? Amen. Do you love the word? Yes. Say it with me. I believe the word of God. Say it again. I believe the word of God. This is truth. This is truth. Not what somebody's telling me from the world. Not what I'm hearing from the government. Not what I'm hearing from my bosses. Not what I'm hearing from my friends. And if you're hearing too much of that from your friends, it's probably time to change friends. This word should govern everything that we do. Top to bottom, side to side, 100%, 360 degrees. When I turn around, it should be word, 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 word. If you will will occupy yourself with the word, if you will occupy yourself with with the things of God, if you will... Um, if you will embrace it, if you will set yourself in the middle of it, you won't get, but you, no, nothing can touch you. Amen. Nothing. No harm. He says in his word that no plague, no harm shall come near you, right? No plague near your dwelling. Um, but that's how you do that. Because we trust in him. We, we, we love the word. We've said it. We believe it. And so let's talk a little bit about um, a subject that keeps coming up no matter what, for me, because I need to do it. <laughs> uh, pastor said, you know, if you want to learn something about a subject, start teaching on it. The other part that he didn't say was, it's usually something I got to do in my life that I got to fix. So as I, so I was going through and, and working on this, I, I, you know, trust me, there's a whole lot of 
you need to do this, and you need to do. So let's look at Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. He says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you will be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So my, my message title tonight is Willing and Obedient. And so we see here that, that God says that we should come together, gather. And, and this is God saying it. So we should, this should be a conversation that we have with the Lord. You know, you can ask him if I'm being willing. Lord, am I being willing? Am I being obedient? And he's going to say, well, you got to fix this. And you got to fix this. And if it's my list, it's this and this and this and this. And, but I'm working on it. Glory to God. He, he's, he's gentle. He's merciful. So. Um, so before I go into the willingness part, I just want to point out some, some obvious unwillingness that we've seen in the Bible. If you'll flip over to Isaiah 14. verse 12 through 15 it says how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst uh, weaken the nations for you have said in your heart I will ascend into, the, into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. There's a, there's, I think there's five I wills in there, and none of them's good. So there's, his will in this, in this case was against the will of the Lord. He was unwilling to submit to the guidelines and to, to the statutes, whatever God had set forth. He was unwilling. He decided that he would step out. And we know the result. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So it wasn't a struggle. Lucifer said, hey, I'm coming. That's it. And so there was an unwillingness to, to approach God as he should. Uh, looking at Hebrews 3. Verse 14. It says, For we have become fellows with Christ, the Messiah, and sharing in all he has for us, if only we hold uh, our first newborn confidence and original uh, <clears throat> assured expectation in virtue of, what, uh, of which we are believers, firm and unshaken to the end. Then while it is still called today, if you hear his voice and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. That's a reference to, to what the devil did. In the desert, when the people provoked and irritated and embittered God against him. That's the, the, uh, the folks in the wilderness, right? Um, for, who they were, uh, for who were they who heard and yet were rebellious and provoked him? Um, and let's skip down to verse 19. He says, so we see that 
they were not able to enter into his rest because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Unbelief had shut them out. Their unwillingness shut out their opportunity for blessing. God couldn't bless them because they weren't, being, they weren't willing to do the things that he called them to do. So I looked up the word willing, and according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, it's defined as a resolve or uh, to act with determination or a fixed purpose, to be ready or prompt, quick to act, free to act, pleased, I like that one, consenting, chosen, received of choice or without reluctance, eager, deliberate, done consciously and intentionally. Uh, and so then I wonder, are we willing to or unwilling to follow God's plan? Because the plan's there. You got a choice. Yeah. Willing? There's no, there's no middle ground there. Willingness, unwillingness. So we have to set ourselves to be willing. Either way, your will's involved in this, right? If you're willing, that's great. But if you're not, you're willing to be out of his will. You're unwilling to follow the rules, the guidelines. And he's put it, I mean, it's pretty plain. There's not a, there's not a, I mean, there, of course his word gets as deep as you want to get, but just looking at it uh, as, on a basic level, it tells us how to live our lives. Uh, but we, you know, sometimes we get unwilling. We don't want to give up that tradition that we've held in our family. Sometimes we don't want to give up that TV show or that habit or that girl or that guy. Um, but the Word says a whole lot of stuff about all that. Um, so one of the things we've been doing is in uh, men's group is uh, reading, following God's plan. If you don't have the book, get the book. Get two of them because you're going to want to give it to somebody. Um, but I want to read a few passages if it's okay. Um, and I won't keep us long if I run out of time. I, I'll cut it short. I'll skip some. Unless the Holy Spirit says read and then you guys are stuck here with me. Okay, so um, in chapter 3, this chapter is called Consecration to God's Plan. Some of the highlights, uh, he says, it's uh, from... Reverend Kenneth Hagin, if you guys don't know, most of you do. Uh, whether we choose to consecrate ourselves to obey God or choose not to obey God, it affects every other area of our lives as well. So the decision you make about the words you've heard affects everything else from that point on. Once you've heard it, it's in your court. The ball's in your court. Once you've heard it, it's time to act. You have to act, and, and you're going to act one way or another. Right. Right. You know, you can't, there's, there's action that will take place. You'll move on. You'll, you'll continue to do whatever it is that you do in your daily life. But will you do it then with God-focused intent, or will you just go on living your life like you think you ought to be able to live it? Because one of those is good, and one of those is bad. Amen. Which one's good? To God, right? The God side. Don't let me talk you guys into going to sleep. Uh, again, he says um, under, under the subheading, uh, 
be willing to do anything for God. He says, it is so important for you to be willing to do anything God tells you to do. Unwillingness to obey God can hinder or delay his plan from, uh, from being fulfilled in your life. Do you know that the plan that he has for you is far and above anything that you can think? We, we know that Jeremiah 29, 11, I think it is, is. We know his plans, right? And they're in place. He's got this planned out. But if we don't, I mean, I know what God's got planned for me. At least the next step I know. Um, but I don't have to do it. I could shut the book right now and walk out the front doors and never come back. My will. But in that, I could never expect God to fulfill his plan for me. My plans may be fulfilled. Listen, I know what my plans got me. I came from one of the darkest places that I've ever been in my, the darkest place I've ever been in my life, hooked on more drugs than we'd like to talk about. Doing all the wrong things that are attached and connected to all, all the depravity that goes along with that kind of lifestyle. I was there. I was part of it. That was my will. But God's will. He's brought me further, even in this short time of returning back to, to the kingdom, uh, than I would have ever thought. Step me right back over into what his plan was for me. Glad you came back. There you go. Take off. Do what I'm telling you to do. Because Paul's will isn't necessarily a great thing to follow. And so we have to be in his plan for it to be fulfilled, right? Another one. Um, we only experience the fullness of God's plan and the full measure of his anointing and blessing in our lives if we are willing to obey him in every area of our lives. You see, God wants us fully surrendered to his will. He knows if, if we're not willing to obey him in one area, that unwillingness will carry over into other areas in our lives, will, and, uh, in our lives and will hinder us from running the race he has set before us. He's set a race. I just said it earlier. He's, he's got a plan. He's set a race. And now we have to run it. He said, here's the path. No, it's not. it may not be straight. It may not be wide. It might have some turns. It might have, but it's my course. This is the path I've got you on. You run this, you're good. But we don't have to. We don't have to. But I'm telling you, again, just from my experience, not following God's plan for my life was the, the single greatest mistake, foolish thing that I've ever done. Don't, you know, and I'm talking about some big things, but don't, don't confuse it. The little areas that you're thinking about right now that, God's, that the Holy Spirit's touched on, that is what I'm talking about. He's emphasizing those things to you so that you can adjust. You can keep your eyes focused on truth. That's Jesus. And you can make the adjustments that you need to make. And it's not going to be difficult. It's not going to be the flesh don't like it. But once you get into the flow of, of stepping into what God's got for you, he's going to make it an easy and light process, right? He's not going to weigh you down. He's going to take you through it easy. You'll, you'll be looking back before you know it and going, why was that even an issue? You know, um, let me read a couple more for you here. Uh, he says, we, all have, we have all had to drink some cups in life. 
we would rather have passed up. But when we know that the cup is the Lord's will for us, we can rest assured the outcome will be for our good and to God's glory. Isn't it interesting that we can do things that will be for our good, but it's also going to glorify the Father? I want to glorify Him. Let me, let my actions today, Lord, glorify you. Not that I'm anything. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a part of it on the, on the visual side of it. Let me be in the background. I'll be in the back. I don't mind. But let it glorify you. He goes on to say, uh, Many Christians have never surrendered everything to the Lord. They're willing to make Jesus Lord a part of their lives. But sometimes they aren't willing to give up control of certain areas of their, uh, that their carnal nature holds dear. Some believers profess they've laid everything on the altar, but in reality they are holding back a part of themselves from the Lord. It is so important to make a quality decision and uh, once and for all to go all out for God and follow His plan for your life. That decision will be an anchor to your soul to keep you in God's perfect will when the devil tries to bring his best temptations into your life and to distract and deter you from the plan of God. And he will. When you leave here, the devil's going to tell you about whatever it is that you're thinking about right now and how easy it would be to do that thing. But we have to, in those moments, think on the Lord, speak against it, answer it, you know, the, the uh, Pastor Nancy's um, teaching in her book on that is phenomenal. Just answer it. If the devil says something 50 times, you answer it 50 times. Just the bottom line is get the last word, right? You're not going to beat me out. I'm going to get the last word. Um, there's a couple more. Uh, I'll do one more. Your path will grow brighter and brighter. And many other lives will be influenced for Jesus because of your obedience. For you see, it is on the path of obedience where God reveals His glory and your strength. His glory and your strength. And it's renewed every day, day by day. And when you finish your course and meet Jesus face to face, how glad you will be that you obeyed God. Those are, this book, I mean, we should probably just read it once a month from now on, but uh, it's so good, so good. So um, I wanted to look at, uh, now at a few, um, a few scriptures about willingness. Let's look at uh, Exodus 35, verse 5 through 9. Praise the Lord. Not me, but Christ in me. It says, uh, verse 5, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of, of a willing and generous heart, let him bring the Lord's offering. Gold, silver, and bronze, blues, purple, uh, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair. It goes on and lists all the various things they are to bring. But that first verse that we read, the fifth verse, says, take from among you an offering, whoever is of a willing and generous heart. So they had to be willing, right, to bring those things. And then, it, and then the obedient part of that really is, 
let him bring it. So I'm willing to bring it, so I'm going to bring it, right? If you're willing to do it, then do it. Uh, Exodus 35, uh, still in Exodus 35, but 21 and 22 verse. It says, uh, and they came, each one, whose heart stirred up him and whose spirit made him willing and brought the Lord's offering to be used for the new tent of meeting and all its services and the holy garments. So there again, they came, each one of them, and brought. There's a willing and obedience, in, there's a willingness and an obedience in those and it doesn't just say they are willing, but you can see that they must have been because they came and they brought the things that they were instructed to bring. 22 says, they came, both men and women, all who were willing-hearted and brought brooches, earrings. Nose. So there's a connection there. There's a willingness that, is, that should always be followed by obedience. Isaiah 119 didn't say, if you are willing, you shall eat the good of the land. He didn't say, if you're obedient. He said, if you are willing and obedient. So, if you want the good of the land, the equation, I, I like to do equations. So, I've used willing plus obedience equals honor. And that's right. But also, willing, just in those, in those scriptures, you could say, uh, willing plus obedience equals good of the land. But it takes both of them. Willing doesn't equal the good of the land. Obedience doesn't. Willing and obedient. And that's what we see here in this example. In 2 Corinthians 8, um, from the Amplified, verse 3, um, a, another example like that, it says, For as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily, or I would say willingly. So they gave out of a willing heart. They were obedient to do the thing that, that they were led to do. And, uh, and if you read on that example that Paul's telling the Macedonians, I've got uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 5 through 7 in the message translation. It says, uh, this was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that we were, that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purpose of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to give, the, uh, to bring the relief offering to your attention. So that what was so well begun could be finished up. You do so well in so many things. You trust God, you're articulate. You're insightful, you're passionate, you love us, now do your best in this too. So he used their giving as an example to tell the Corinthians uh, and give them an opportunity to be willing and obedient as well. 1 Thessalonians uh, 2, 8 through 10 says, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing, I guess you're seeing my theme by now, um, to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were uh, dear to, unto us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. So, 
they were, the apostles were willing to bring the word, but also willing to do work so as not to be uh, a hindrance to those folks in, in Thessalonica. There was a willing and obedience in that, in that passage. What I'm saying here is willing and, willingness and obedience will always allow you to advance into the next thing. But if you're not willing and obedient in this thing, whatever it is, that we're, whatever's in your heart, you can't expect to advance from that to the next thing. God works in, in order. He works. He has a plan. He doesn't say, well, we'll get number 12 finished right away, but then we're going to come back here to number 2. He does 1, and then he does 2, and then he does 3, and then he does 4. And so, willing and obedience in one thing, this thing, whatever's, whatever's in your heart, like I said, is, is the next step for you. You get that figured out. You seek him first. You do what the word says about whatever it is. And then the next thing will come up. And thus is the Christian life. Amen. I mean, I, I know I've heard pastors say it many times. Um, that is the process. You, you figure out what God's saying about this thing. You do it. And then God puts something else out. There's something else comes into your path, whether, whether it's an obstacle that you have to figure out how to get over and, and the Lord will lead you. Or it's the next, next thing in the plan that God has for you. It requires willingness and obedience. Amen. We can languish in whatever it is, whatever state it is that we're in. And be lazy. I know, Lord. And be lazy and, and be complacent. And never, never achieve the next. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the fullness of the plan. I'm just talking about the next thing that God has for you. We have to do this with a purpose. We have to live these lives with a purpose. So let's talk about obedience. Webster's 1825 defines obedience as a proper submission to authority. Some synonyms for obedience is attentive, to be heedful or observant, compliant or yielding, I like yielding, dutiful, Submissive or expressive of respect and reverence. Loyal, faithful. The word says a whole lot about faithful, doesn't it? First Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Right. Uh, to be loyal. Luke 16.10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in least is unjust in much. So there's a lot of scriptures that I've noticed um, studying that just imply that willingness, that obedience that we're talking about. So um, Psalm 92, 12 through 15, and I'm reading now the Amplified, says, The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, uh, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Planted in the house of, of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. 
growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap or of spiritual vitality and rich in the uh, verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. So it says that if your righteousness, if you're in right standing with God, you just might be able to flourish. You could, right? Maybe. No. It says you shall. Shall flourish. It doesn't say, you, you, it, you know, if. No, it says you shall. It says if you're planted, if you stay in the place that you're called to, the local church you're called to, you shall, you're going to flourish. It's not that you might, it's not that you could, it's that you will. You will flourish. Growing in grace, that means, to me, that was increasing in godly knowledge and continuing to grow in the Lord. It, it says that, that there, you're going to still produce fruit. You're going to still be uh, full of spiritual vitality. But you can't grow in grace if you're not willing and obedient to study the Word, speak the Word, have godly conversations. Instead of talking about the latest episode of fill in the blank, let's talk about what God did. What'd you study? What'd you study on last night? Well, you know, NCSI was on, so I studied 47 episodes of that. Or whatever, whatever floats your boat. For me, it's been uh, telling on myself a burn notice. Is old, like an old early 2000s show that, that I enjoyed and I found it again. So there's my struggle. Now you know. Um, but, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for us to have a, a good spiritual conversation, even if it's just telling somebody about Jesus. Um, I heard uh, Reverend Copeland saying on one of the, the broadcasts that I had watched, uh, that he would often say to people, you know, Jesus is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And their reactions would be either full on, yes, he is, you know, ah. or, um, uh, um, uh, you know, but even that little statement is enough to spark an interest or to open a door. But we have to do that. We have to be, we have to be willing to do what, what Jesus said, go and preach. That conversation is preaching. If it's about God, if it's about God, if it's from the Word, you're preaching. You may not know that you're preaching, but you're preaching. Okay, so um, I'm halfway through. You guys got till like 10 or so? Uh, no, 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 I'm kidding. Uh, the other, another example was uh, in Acts 6. You know, I've I've, I think I've referenced this passage nearly every time I've I've been behind the pulpit, uh, and it's it talks about them choosing uh, all of the seven to serve tables, right? And I won't. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Um, 
It says, and in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministrations. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples, that's all of them, unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying, please the whole multitude. That's a miracle. <laughs> right? Am I right? That's a miracle. Everybody was pleased by it. Um, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, maybe, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. So we see that the congregation was on board. That's willing and obedient. The disciples were chosen and accepted the charge. That's willing and obedient. And there was no griping, there was no whining, crying, pouting, or posturing among any of them. And verse 7 said the result of them being willing and obedient was that the word of God increased. How much more would God be able to do through us if we were willing and obedient? In the little things. I'm not talking about a grandiose, maybe sometime, maybe you get there and that's great, but there's little things that we have to work on that, that we have an opportunity to submit ourselves to the will of God and just say, Father, I'm going to do your will. My will is your will. Period. And then and you got to adhere to that. you got to honor that. Even when the flesh says, no, don't do it. you got to do it. Uh, let's look at uh, 1 Timothy 4. First Timothy 4, 14 through 16 says, Then neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them, that they profit that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you shall both save yourself and those that hear you. Paul instructed Tim, Timothy how to conduct himself. Do not neglect the, the gift. Meditate. The Amplified says practice and cultivate and meditate. Take heed. Pay attention to yourself and to doctrine. That stuff that you've been taught, right? right. Um, for Timothy to do any or all of these things, he must have been. Willing and obedient. Throughout 2 Timothy, Paul admonishes Timothy to remain willing and obedient. Um, I'll read these to you. 2 Timothy 1, 6-8. He says, Remember to do this. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Remember to do this. Why? 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if you're not remembering to stir the gift up in yourself that has been put in you, whether it be by the laying on of, of the hands of someone or what you've realized from the Word as you've read it, then there's a potential for you not to work and operate in the spirit of power or the spirit of love or of a sound mind. The other option is fear. You, you, it'll be more difficult for you to guard against fear if you're not stirring up that gift. It says so right here. And so he says, be willing and obedient in this. He says, be, this is verse 8, be, you're going to be something that requires something of you. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Did you know that you can face any affliction that comes to you in the power of, of God? And if you do, you're a victor. You win. But you don't get there to that place where you, um, where you can operate and experience and know how to operate in that power, in that anointing, if you're not willing and obedient. 2 Timothy 1.3 in the Amplified says, Hold fast and follow the patterns of wholeness and sound teaching, which you have heard from me in all the faith and love which are for us in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, 15, 16 says, this is familiar, says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto you more ungodliness. So, if we're willing and obedient to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, we'll be able to rightly divide the word of truth, and then we won't be caught up in the, in the profane and vain babblings that um, the word says will increase unto more ungodliness. It protects us from ungodliness when we are willing and obedient to do the things that God's called us to. In 2 Timothy 3, we read about the condition of the world. This is the entire chapter. that This, is, this chapter, I think, is what pastors um, walking in the light book was on. And I know you guys are familiar with it, so I'll just kind of highlight. But he says... Um, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And it talks about men being lovers of themselves, covetous boasters. And it goes all the way through uh, all of the bad stuff. <clears throat> and then he says, in, but in, in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14, he says, but continue. I would say, but be willing and obedient. In order to continue, you have to be willing and obedient. Be willing, uh, be willing and obedient, but continue you in these things which you have learned and have uh, been assured of, knowing of whom you have heard, uh, heard or no, learned, sorry, learned them. 
and he talks about being uh, brought up as a child and all the scriptures given as inspira- uh, from inspiration of God. But continue, be willing and obedient to do these things, and that's going to protect you. It says, uh, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, but continue in the things that we've, you've been taught, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Be willing and obedient to do the things that God's told us to do so that we can be furnished because we are men and women of God. 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, I charge you therefore before God the Lord and the Lord Jesus who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And then verse 5 says, But watch thou in all things, enduring affliction, do the work of the evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. So, in all of these passages, uh, something's been required of Timothy. Uh, and if it's not been plainly spoken, we've said it's been implied. And that's the willingness and obedience. And that's a condition to me uh, of the heart. You know, Timothy couldn't stir up the gift without diligence to set aside the time that he needed to do that. And at that time, you know, Christians were being treated horrendously. And Timothy couldn't have maintained the confidence of the strength uh, to not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus without a willingness and an obedience to study daily. How could he hold fast and follow the pattern of wholeness and sound teaching that he had heard from Paul? Yes, it takes discipline. Yes, it takes teaching. Of course, it takes the Holy Spirit. But first, we have to be willing and obedient. So, the last part of this I want to talk about is um, the the definition uh, uh, of submit. That was one of the definitions. And so, in Ephesians 5, verse 20 and 21, Paul says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Hebrews 13, 16 through 17 says, but, uh, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. And they that must give account, and uh, as they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. This is talking to me. This sounds like it's talking about ministers. This is those that have rule over you. I guess maybe the first time I, I read that, I thought government. Or, but this is talking about the condition of, of my soul. So that must be about pastor, right? And so that requires then 
Again, a willing obedience. If we are going to obey those that rule over us, if we're going to hearken and heed the word that's been preached to us, then it requires us to obey and do it. Um, last thing we'll talk about is uh, 1 Timothy 4.12 in the Amplified Classic. It says, Let no one despise or think less of you because of your youth. This is the part I really paid attention to. But be an example, a pattern, for the believers in speech, conduct, and love, and faith, and in purity. Be an example. So, so let's be willing and obedient. And whatever it is that's in your heart right now that the Lord's talking to you about, step over, take that step, take, move, move toward it. It doesn't mean you have to conquer it in a moment, although you could. With the, with the Holy Spirit's help, you could do that. But if not, if it's not an instant thing, be willing and obedient. Keep, keep working toward that goal. You know what the goal is. The Holy Spirit's told us all something that we should pay attention to. So your homework is to be willing and obedient in that. Let's be examples in everything that we do. In our homes, at our places of business, in our churches, among our friends, and in the midst of our adversaries. As we're willing to hear from God and are obedient to follow His leading, we will continue to advance in His will. Willing obedience moves us from the place of the called to the ranks of the chosen. Matthew twenty-two fourteen says, For many are called, invited, and summoned, but few are chosen. The word chosen to me means to be qualified to serve in the place that you're called. It all starts with willingness and obedience. Are you willing? Are you obedient? Are you willing to be willing? <laughs> Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do. He's speaking to you about the thing that you should be willing and obedient in. So he's placed, he's placed in you a willingness to be willing if you'll observe it, if you'll honor it, if you'll, if you'll, um, if you'll connect with it. I've got, I've got one last thing out of the book. That the end of that chapter, uh, Reverend Hagen says this prayer. And I just, I want you guys, would you stand to your feet with me? I want to re read this and you guys, uh, you guys pray it with me, okay? Lord, I present myself unto you. May your will be done in my life. May I never forget that I have surrendered all I am to you. I commit myself to be one whom you can use. Consecrated and separated unto your purposes. I'll pay the price by denying the flesh. If you call me in the nighttime, I'll get on my knees and pray. If I am never seen of men, and if I always work behind the scenes, 
Still I will be faithful. I lay aside all personal ambition. I'll be one who walks in the Spirit. And in your perfect will. In Jesus' name. Your will shall be wrought in my heart, in my life, and in my ministry. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Were you helped tonight? Glory to God. I love that prayer.